Hashtag SAFM Lifetime. It is indeed a very good afternoon as we conclude our conversations. And right now with Mkhabulo, uh, we're talking about the Blackie family. Um, it, it was interesting as I was going through some of the notes that uh, that was not the original surname. And uh, But yeah, we're here now and uh, getting to know more about uh, uh, Teki Soplaki. Uh, who was Teki so, uh, Solomon Teki Soplaki? And joining us in studio uh, to help us understand this is author of uh, Sol Plaki. A Life of Solomon Tegi Soplaki, uh, born 1876 and left us in 1932. And uh, author is joining us uh, in studio, uh, Brian, uh, is it uh, Villan? Willan? Uh, Willan. Willan. Yeah. Good afternoon and welcome. Thank you so much for coming through. Okay, my pleasure. Now, take us through, I mean, here's a, a, a an African giant that... Um, I don't believe we've learnt as much as we should be. I, I look at that book. That should be uh, part of, uh, you know, uh, the curriculum in all schools. Because we're talking about African excellence, deluxe, uh, South African intellectual, a journalist, a linguist, a politician, and um, a translator, a writer. Why is it that this information is not in our curriculum? Uh, I think I, I mean Planky was was all of those things and and, and more and uh, a man of, of enormous achievement. I I suppose it uh, it has taken a while for uh, information about his life to become available. Uh, for many years uh, after his death, the knowledge of him just kind of disappeared. It's only really been since the I suppose the 1990s uh, when there's been more information about him has become more widely available. Uh, we now have, for example, a, a Solplaiki University in Kimberley. There are a lot ah. of Solplaiki schools. So, I think the message the message is beginning to uh, to filter out. But there's uh, a lot more that uh, needs to be known about this man. And I I hope uh, I hope this book might make some contribution in that direction. What are some of the uh, I mean, as you were doing your research and and uh, some of the information that uh, as you got exposed to, you felt a sense of uh, in a way feeling sorry for South Africa that you've missed out on on connecting with this great giant i i, th- I think that's that's certainly the case it, it was a very it was an exciting business going through the research and finding uh, so much fascinating information about plikey uh, and then kind of putting it together uh, in, in a way that i think really made sense uh, about his life um, and, and I think um, it's it's you know the research in in archives, uh, oral history, talking to people, members of the family, and it was it was a privilege for me really to have had the opportunity to to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was such a such a fascinating man, such a great writer, and such a, uh, an enormously influential political spokesman. Take us through his younger days. What have we missed? Uh, the, there's, there's, uh, his younger days were absolutely fascinating. Um, he, he came from a, a Barolong family, and, and right from the beginning, he was uh, intensely conscious of, of, his, uh, of his heritage and was fascinated by the traditions that he, he learned about as a, as a young man. Mm-hmm. He, he was then, his, his parents were Christians, actually second-generation Christians, um, uh, exposed to the... The, uh, the Berlin Missionary Society, Germ- German missionaries. 
Uh, he himself grew up on a, a mission station at Peniel, which mm. is uh, uh, close to Barclay West, just near near Kimberley. And this is where he got well such education as he got. He 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 only the school could only go up to standard three, um, wow. and uh, and and that's you know a standard three certificate was the highest educational qualification Plyke he ever had. But uh, having to go as far as being a court interpreter that yeah. meant he was fluent in english in africans and african languages exactly exactly and that was i mean that was partly i think because he grew up on a mission station that was very mixed linguistically mm. there were a wide range of people living there but i think it was particularly when he he before he became a court interpreter he went to uh, kimberley and had a job as a postman you know he delivered letters and telegrams mm-hmm. and it was while he was in kimberley in the 1890s that uh, uh, he was part of a very vibrant community of of other you know like-minded africans such as himself and they uh, they had a lot of societies they they were very keen on music uh, it's when he for example got interested in in shakespeare and it's also when he applied himself to learning all of these different languages because he he did so i think very specifically because he wanted a job as a court interpreter and how was he introduced to uh, politics when do um, politics enter uh, his career now I, I think you can you can certainly say that uh, the time that he spent uh, in Kimberley, um, you know, uh, working in the post office, uh, there were a, an awful lot of things going on. There were elections, for example, in the Cape Colony, and this is one thing that's that's often forgotten um, that actually at this time um, there was a non-racial franchise. You know, black South Africans were entitled to the franchise as long as they could meet the uh, the property and, and literacy qualifications. So. It meant that there was an involvement in, uh, if you like, party politics. So that was that was part of his his early formation. Um, and then I think it was particularly after uh, the Anglo-Boer War, the South African War, eighteen ninety nine to nineteen o two. He started up a, a new newspaper, and that's really when he started to uh, emerge as a, a political spokesman. And and I mean that's when uh, he then became the general secretary as well of the then South African Native uh, Congress. That was that was a decade later. That was mm-hmm. uh, that was just uh, when when Union came in in 1910. Uh, the Congress was formed uh, two years after that, and Plyke became its first general secretary. Do we know what um, then led to the breakout and uh, leading to the formation of uh, what we now know as the African National Congress? Yes, um, it, it was inspired particularly by the uh, the coming together of the colonies that made up the Union of South Africa. Mm. Um, and it was in the period immediately before that, um, Africans got together to put forward that their to put forward their case that they should have a say in the kind of union that was to be created. Now, unfortunately, that that didn't happen, um, but it did lead two years after the creation of union to the formation of congress so it was very much a response if you like to the whites coming together Mm. in south africa and a realization that they had to speak with one voice if their voice was to be heard so we're going to take a break and when we return i'd like you to just read us um just one passage in in the book okay hashtag safm lifetime all right, thank you so much uh, for joining us, and I uh, did promise that uh, we'll have an extract. Okay. Um, let me 
uh, read you um, a couple of paragraphs, if I may, from um, an early period in in Pikey's life. Uh, During the siege of Mafeking, uh, he was a court interpreter and he worked for the British military authorities and actually made a, an important contribution to the defence of Mafeking. Uh, and he saw no reason why uh, he shouldn't be paid for his services. And I think this is an example of the kind of um, very forceful, confident young man that the that, that he was. So siege or no siege, Plyke saw no reason why he should not be rewarded for the extra work that he was doing. At the end of January, therefore, he wrote to Lord Edward Cecil, Baden-Powell's chief staff officer, the eldest son of the British Prime Minister, Lord Salisbury, to put his case. He had not previously troubled him about this, he said, for I'd hoped that you would in the course of time remember me, as in colonial courts interpreters have the consideration of heads of department to a certain extent and are paid at the rate of four shillings and sixpence per hour, if not permanently attached to the court, and permanent interpreters are paid at that rate extra when they're engaged in other than criminal cases. And he concluded with an appeal to Lord Edward's better nature. I hope your lordship would remember that except during the week of my indisposition last Christmas, I'd never failed to act to the satisfaction of the officers of the court in that capacity, and also bear in mind that although it would do me an amount of good, it will not hamper the government in any way if you felt pleased to grant my request. Now this last flourish was entirely characteristic, but unfortunately he'd breached protocol. I naturally thought you had told Mr Bell before you wrote to me. Lord Edward replied, never write to me again about service matters except through Mr Bell. And Plyke's response was a contrite note to Mr Bell. I exceedingly regret the irregularity and humbly request request that you will overlook it and kindly have the matter fixed up satisfactorily. Adding that he was only making a claim for his work during sittings of the courts of summary jurisdiction and not for such other assistance as I'm able to render the staff without prejudice to my civil duties, the same as I have since the commencement the commencement of the siege. So I think Plyke was always ready to say his piece. He was never intimidated by the white authorities, and if he felt that he was entitled to more money for work that he'd done, then uh, he would say so. We thank you. Thank you very much uh, for joining us. And uh, where is the book launch? I, I believe that it's happening today. Uh, and book- are there still um, seats available? Uh, you, you'll have to get on to um, African Flavour Bookshop in Bramfontein. Mm-hmm. Uh, the launch there is at uh, 6 o'clock this evening. 6 o'clock this evening. Yeah. And we don't know if the seats are still available, so they must just contact the bookshop. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you very much. Where is it going to be accessible? Uh, the book is published and it, uh, it's available and in the bookshops now. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much uh, for joining us. Okay. Thank you very All much. Right, that's where we end this conversation. Uh, we thank you very much, author of uh, The Soul Plucky. I mean, this is uh, just long overdue um, type of uh, writing. And uh, this was Mkhabulo, South African history lesson. And that's uh, Brian uh, Willen joining us as author of uh, The Life of uh, Solomon Plucky. Thank you. Okay. Very much. Thank you very much.